So if you guys can turn with me real quick, I'm going to try and get somewhere, uh, hopefully, and um, I, think I, I think I can get through the whole message today. Um, Lord, help me. Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would bless your word right now, God. I pray that your word would go past our ideologies. It would go past bondage. It would go past and break through. Your word, Father, is a consuming fire, and it is like a hammer that breaks into pieces all things that are built, Father, that are not from you. I pray, God, that your word would come like a hammer and like a fire, and it would break things into pieces that are not from you, God. I pray that everything that can be shaken today will be shaken that is not from the Lord. I pray, God, that everything that can be shaken will be shaken in Jesus' name. Do you agree? You say, why are you praying like that? Why would you want to shake me up? Because the Bible says that the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. That the increase of his government will know no end. So there, if, if there is something that can be shaken in you, wouldn't you want it out? Because it's not the king. It's not the kingdom. So if something can be shaken in you, we should be in agreement together. Let's shake it out. Let's shake it out. How are we going to do that? With the word. We're going to let the word come in like a fire and like a hammer and break into pieces things that need to be broken into pieces in Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, this should apply to all areas of your life. We're only going to be able to really get a perspective today, but I'm praying that God would go beyond my teaching and he would, re he would raise something in you, like I said, that you will no longer be able to control. That Holy Spirit would have so much control now in you because you change your perspective. You let the fire burn in your mind instead of your thoughts burn in your mind. How many have had that? Your thoughts, they almost feel like a fire in your mind. They're just burning, burning, burning. All day I'm thinking about, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that person talked about me. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe that my mom said that. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe that dad did that. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe that my boss doesn't see me and promote me. How many have thoughts that just burn in your mind day in, day out? My, oh, my gosh, the pastor didn't notice me, and he hasn't put me on the worship team. And, oh, my gosh, they don't know my prophetic gifting yet, and how I can see all things and know all things. Though the Bible only says I can prophesy in part and know in part, I know all things, and I prophesy all things. But he hasn't noticed me yet. Why? And these thoughts keep burning a hole in your mind and you desire no fire of God because what you've really been letting happen is you let that serpent come through the grass and he said something to you and said did God really say and you started questioning did God really say so now the enemy gets to come into your garden any day he wants because he thinks he has legal access to you I'm here to tell you right now let's shut the door to the serpent in Jesus name Who's ready to shut the door to the serpent today? That don't mean you're not going to have a fight later because, hey, my message said let's fight today. <laughs> so, but, you, but if you understand what you're fighting, why you're fighting, and that you're actually going to have to fight, makes it a lot easier to go through your day. Rather than you being a victim, you become the warrior that God has created you to be. Are we together? That's a good thing because I'm following the word of the Lord. So if we're not together, then I don't know what team you're on. Hallelujah. We're on the same team, by the way. So let's act like it. In the, oh, I was saying Braveheart, huh? So he's going back and forth in front of them, and he tells them something interesting. When the leaders of that army that were leading them into a place where they were going to make a treaty with the enemy army, he went out to the middle of the battle, battlefield, and he challenged a more powerful army. And then when the leaders of the less powerful army that were being uh, trying to make a treaty. Is everybody following me what I'm saying? You guys have seen the movie? What did Mel Gibson say? He said, I came to pick a fight. What's up? I came to pick a fight. I can't do the flipping, I can't do the, the accent. 
that's blown too because my name is Buchanan. I'm Scottish. That's really blown. <laughs> He's like, I came to pick a fight. And I feel that, and I know Pastor Andrew and Pastor Rebecca will agree with me because you guys hear how they are. They're, they're fighters. How many believe that our senior pastors are fighters? Okay. So if we're in agreement, what can the enemy do to an army that under its leadership are all one voice and one heart moving together? The enemy will not be able to get in. So why is there such a fight on your thoughts? Why is there such a fight on you being divided? Why is there such a fight every day on you one minute you're in and you're like, man, this is my home church. And, man, these are the people I'm supposed to be in a relationship. And, man, this is God and this is this. And then the next day you're like, I don't know if it's God and I don't know if this is supposed to be. I don't know if this is the word of the Lord. And I don't really like how Pastor Andrew preached the message last week. And it doesn't even know that I already understand that. Why is he calling me out of my stuff? You don't understand that that's why there's leadership. Leadership is called to lead. Not stand behind you and push you in front. They stand in front of you and pull you up. Come on, some of us need to get our (laughs) pull-ups. Oh, hallelujah. See, it's totally fine. The the, the fire of God is not going to lift off of this because this is the word of the Lord because I make some jokes. But the jokes are going to help you to receive the fire so that way you don't run from it. Because you're going to be like, oh, wow, like the anointing isn't based on if he just goes rah the whole time. That's not the anointing. The anointing is it's the word of the Lord. I don't need to do anything with the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is that powerful. It stands by itself. What I need to do is agree with it and disagree with everything that disagrees with the word of the Lord. Amen? So that's what I'm trying to help you with. So this is not a ploy. I don't have like, you know, oh, man, if I come to this side and then if I do this and then if I kind of get in Whitney's face, then the fire is going to fall. All that stuff is just me. Do you understand? That's just me. But the word of God is sharper than any, alive and powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit. It looks into the intentions of the heart of men. It reveals. And sometimes we are hiding the things that need to be revealed by the word of the Lord. And then we get, we come into a place like this, or we come under a ministry, and we, we get, uh, our feelings hurt because stuff starts getting revealed, but that's what the word of the Lord is there for, to reveal it. So all that is, that is, that is uh, ensnaring you in the darkness can come into the light, and you can finally come out of your prison. Amen? Man, I probably should get started with my message because I'm, I don't think we're going to get to it. Man, I just, I just I, I want you guys to understand my heart, and I know that the heart of Pastor Andrew and Pastor Rebecca is not to uh, uh, hold people down. It is literally, I'm submitted to Pastor Andrew and Pastor Rebecca. They're my senior pastors. I am under them. And, and they will tell you the same thing, that there are things, I am not a perfect person. There are problems in my life, and I have to reveal stuff, and sometimes it's hard to do, and sometimes in your mind is encircling by why are they trying to look at this or why do they want to talk about this or why do I need to talk about this with them. It's because anything that's in the darkness will have access to dark things within you. But if it's revealed in the light, nothing can hide. And Jesus is the light of the world. So what he's doing is shining in you, and it takes a leader, it takes a father, it takes a mother to look over you and love you enough to reveal things in you so that way if you can see what the enemy's trying to do, his leadership in your life stops today so you can be led by the Spirit of God through men and women of God, and you can finally fulfill your destiny. Somebody say amen to that. So we need leadership. Amen. 
That's why the enemy wants to fight you with leadership because if he could fight you with leadership, you will always lead yourself. And, the, and there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end leads in destruction. So there's a way that seems right to your head, and that's where the enemy's playground is. He's trying to contort even the word of the Lord and use it against you because you think everything you know is right and everything you say is right, but that is not right. Sorry to rain on your parade today. You understand? Not everything I say is right, but when I agree with the word of the Lord and I get crushed by the hand of God and he drives out demonic activity in my life, the Bible says if you cast out a devil that, it has been, that the kingdom of God has come upon you and it is literally the finger of God that has driven out the enemy, that God touches you by releasing you from demonic activity. And we got to stop being familiar with demonic activity and demonic thoughts and demonic doctrines. And we need to get familiar with the Spirit of God. And the way that you get familiar with that is you find a father and you find a mother that is submitted to God. Amen? So, hallelujah. Love you, Pastor Bex and Pastor Rebecca. You guys are awesome. You guys can give a shout for that. That's awesome. They're a good mom and dad to this house. They're a good mom and dad to this house. Excuse me. All right. So I'm going to try and read from, uh, if you guys want to open up to Matthew chapter 8. Actually, let me see which one I want to read from. Because there's three accounts of the same thing. I might touch on all three, but uh, yeah, do Matthew 8. Are you guys getting something right now? Okay, is God speaking to you right now? Some of you guys might even already like got something like, man. Right now, already what you're speaking to me, Holy Spirit, I can run with this and this thing can build. Some of you might already have that, but uh, I, want to, I want to spend a little time on this. So I actually just found out that it's Super Bowl Sunday. I didn't even know it was Super Bowl Sunday. That's, that shows you how much I'm flipping like, you know, I don't know about you. This is not to condemn anybody, but I am so caught in, in the gaze of what God wants to do for my life that a lot of my old pleasures of things that I used to look at a lot, they've, they've died off. I used to be a sports guy. I was raised, I would watch sports all the time. I played basketball my whole life. I am not condemning anyone that's going to watch the Super Bowl today, by the way. I am just saying that I actually, does anybody feel the presence of God in this place today? I am more intrigued and hungry for getting something that I can get from God and stay in his presence long enough to actually eat of it than going to something that a DVR can record and I can watch later when I'm falling asleep. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like I actually, you cannot DVR a touch of the Holy Ghost. You actually need to be in his presence and the fire to hit you to drive out demons so you can actually finally walk as a true son and daughter of God. So if anybody needs to leave, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and be done in 20 minutes. Can I have, can I have 20 minutes? For you? I know I ask for 20 minutes all the time. <laughs> Do I have your permission to have 20 minutes? All right. But if anybody needs to leave, you're more than welcome to leave. You're not going to hurt my feelings. But I do believe I need to get this out. I'm going to try and get out as fast as, as, as possible. Is that okay? I'm just going to machine gun it and just catch a bullet or two, and you'll be all right. Hallelujah. All right. Matthew 8, verse 23. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep, speaking of Jesus. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. 
We are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? The first point I want to make to you is sometimes the word of God will call you out before it delivers you. Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? How many know that John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, that the word became? So who's the word? Sometimes we can have Jesus in our boat, yet it feels like it's not alive. It feels like it's slumbering. And then we come to the word and we're like, Find a scripture that's going to save me out of this great turmoil that I'm in. And then the word wakes up, and the first thing it does, it says, why are you so afraid, you of little faith? You get that, that, that sword in your soul, and you go, oh, my gosh, I was the one that was in the wrong in this argument. Not them, but I am entrapped in an imprisonment in this argument because all I'm focusing on is the flesh and not what's happening behind the scenes. The word of God will call you out before it delivers you out. And sometimes we get offended by the word of God. Sometimes when we're reading, I, I get offended by the word of God when I'm reading it. God bless you. Go read the word. <laughs> Come on, let's read the word more in 2019. And you'll get offended more. Hallelujah. If you like getting offended on Facebook, well, bless God, get in the word, and you'll get really offended. Hallelujah. Woo, let's seek Jesus. Hallelujah. Has anybody ever got offended by the word of God? I'm not the only one then. And some of you that don't feel like raising your hands will go to one of my older messages. It's time for you to participate. Hallelujah. I was just kidding. I'm messing with you. But it is good to participate. See, sometimes we don't even know that we're offended by the word of the Lord. But I can tell you you're offended by the word of the Lord because you still haven't changed. I still haven't changed. So if a word comes that's there to free you but you haven't changed, what's wrong? The word or you? You understand? Man, I feel the fire. I don't know about you. Like I said, I give you permission to get baptized in fire today. You, you, might get, you will get a lot more if you just get touched by the fire than if you just pay attention to every word that's flowing out of these lips. I'm just partnering with the word. I, I challenge you today. If God tells you to do something today and you just need to get on the floor, you need to crowd, whatever, man, just flip and go for it. If you need to repent, just start repenting. If you need to get touched by the fire, like, do you understand that getting on the altar requires humility? It requires you because you're about to burn. You're about to burn. So it requires you not thinking that you have everything right and something needs to actually burn. That's what the altar's for. You understand? So I encourage you, if you feel like you need to burn before I call everybody to get burned, then go ahead and get burned. Hallelujah. You understand? And if you feel like just sitting in your seat and paying attention to and saying an amen every once in a while, you can do that too. I am, what I'm trying to show you is that hear God, hear God today, hear the spirit is speaking to the churches. He's speaking him who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Come on, let that be you today. Don't let this just be a message that you go, oh man, Pastor Jeff preached the cool message. And you know, I liked a couple of the quotes. Why not, instead of hearing me, hear the Spirit today and let your ear get set on fire? I, I, am, I, am, 
I am so wanting God to wreck my life. I am tired of my life. I want his life. I am tired of my life. I want his life. Is anybody in that same boat with Jesus? I am tired of the storms of life that have kept me calm, that have kept me in prison, that have kept me like a cute little kitty in a cage. I am ready for the roar of the lion to come back in Jesus' name. A lion is a wild animal. When it's hungry, it goes and eats. A lion is not meant to be in a zoo. It is not meant to have food brought to it. It is meant to be out in the wilderness, finding food, killing its prey, and then feasting on the blood. I am not encouraging anybody to become a vampire, by the way. But I think it was our king that said, if you want to be one with me, you need to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. I feel like there's some things that God is wanting to pull us into this year that we have been too complacent to inherit. We've been too apathetic to be heard. We have been too careful to walk in faith. And we need to get rid of complacency, comfort, and apathy. And we need to get back to the ways that a spirit of God filled, Holy Ghost, believing, tongue-talking, fire-filled Christian does. And they are wild in the Holy Ghost. They're crazy sometimes. They actually believe that they can walk into a territory and take on a principality, fight with the principality, God will deliver them from the principality, and then everybody in that city will be caught on fire and saved. They're wild. Now, obviously, that takes wisdom, and it takes growth and maturity, but what I'm trying to do is just tickle your appetite with what a son and daughter of God looks like. It does not look like a quiet book reading, glasses on, cute little, I want everything in a row and everything in my little file cabinet so I know where, where it's at. A fiery Christian actually is bold enough to walk into a synagogue that they know if they preach Jesus, they're going to try and kill them. And they said, I don't care if I'm going to die if I preach. I'm already dead because I died with Jesus. So if I go in there, they can't take my life, but they will see his. And this takes repentance. This takes actually not looking at your life trying to save every little thing you're trying to save. But it looks like dying to yourself so that way. <coughs> A demon had to come out right there. Hallelujah. I'm getting the fire too. I told you I'm not perfect. Devil's got to come out of me too. Come out in Jesus' name. We got to get back to taking authority over the devil. All right, I'm totally off my message, but it's, it's in line with it. But I'm not reading any of my notes or my scripture references right now. But I hope that you're starting to taste the fire right now. See, this house, this house is born in fire. You ask Pastor Rebecca and Pastor Andrew, we don't, we don't want a little burning light on top of a candle. We want an all-consuming, fiery God. Dude, they're, they're submitted to Brother David. He's a bit crazy, dude. He's full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. They're submitted under Brother David. You think we, we want to, like, have a candlelight service here at church? and be, Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. I have nothing against candlelight service. But what I'm saying is 
I, I am interested in fire falling from heaven that actually destroys religion, destroys the religious spirit, destroys Jezebel, destroys control, destroys jealousy, destroys pride, and then humility and fire are all that's left. If you could tell, I'm like, I'm really like, I'm caught in the eye of the storm right now. I'm like, ah, whoa, Jesus. I have no idea where we're going right now, but I'm just enjoying every minute of it. I feel literally like I'm riding a wave of fire. So I'm just like, it's fun. I encourage you to jump on it. So. So if you read in Matthew 8, 23 to 27, you can write these down if you want. The other accounts are in two other Gospels, Mark 4, 35 through 41, and Luke 8, 22 through 25. These are all the same account of the same thing that happened. Not a story that's good. That's good. Excuse me. Whoa. That was a different kind of devil. The gassy one. I'm so sorry. I apologize. Excuse me. That was blowing. I did not try to do that. Well, maybe that will just release you into the joy of the Lord for a second while I take a drink. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. <sighs> sorry. I did, I'm sorry. There's no words. There's no words. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have the same account. Yeah, you can just get filled with the joy. That's fine. I'm just going to keep preaching. It's fine to just get real Holy Ghost laughter in this place. So Mark, Luke, and Matthew all have this account. Now, I want to point something out real quick. In Mark's account, it says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? In Matthew's account, it says, then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. In Luke's account, it says, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, master, master, we are perishing. So in Mark's gospel, they said, they said to him, teacher, they called him teacher. And Matthew, they called him Lord. And in Luke, they called him master. They had all of the verbiage correct. But they didn't have the word alive in their own belly enough yet to see that the storm that was against him, they actually could speak to. They stayed silent and ran into the word that was sleeping. Now this is good because the word that was sleeping woke up and rebuked them. So this is good. Then the word spoke and it saved them. Jesus spoke and he saved them. So there was a rebuke and then there was salvation. There's deliverance. So like I said, sometimes the word of the Lord that's coming to you is first going to call you out before it delivers you out of what you're looking at. Are we on the same page? Okay. So I wrote down, they had the right verbiage, but they were lacking the right revelation. Do you guys even know that the book of Revelation is not the book of Revelations? It is the book of Revelation, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The last book in the Bible's title is a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And some of us, we have not come to a full revelation of the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Word. And so we still look at storms in our life 
And we look at them like they're here to kill me. I'm going to die instead of waking up the word within us and speaking to it and saying, peace, be still in Jesus name. Right after the word spoke up and calmed the storm, each account says the exact same thing. Who can this be? Were these not the same guys walking and talking and eating and sleeping with Jesus every day? Are, are we on the same page here? Are we not talking about the same disciples? Every day, walking, talking, eating, sleeping, seeing him heal all kinds of people, seeing him do miracles with food, seeing him do crazy stuff that they never, seeing him cast out devils. Jesus was the first one to walk on the earth and cast out devils. They were like, whoa, we haven't seen this before. And a storm that surrounded them that thought they were going to die in got them to a place of fear where they had to go and wake him up and see his true power before they finally get a true revelation of maybe we don't know him as well we think we do. Who can this be? I'm here to tell you, that you might have some scriptures in your belly, but if you're still getting shaken by every storm of life, you might not know the word as much as you think you do. And you might need the word to rebuke you so you can wake up and finally use the word in you to speak to the storms of life. Are we on the same page? Are we together? Do you feel rebuked? Good. That means we're actually feeling the word of the Lord. And guess what? I feel the rebuke too. So guess what? The word's doing what it's supposed to do. It's dividing us. Soul and spirit are being divided. And things are being cut off so we can be crushed in his glory. So we can finally reveal who he is, not who we think we need to be. Amen? Okay. Hallelujah. Your personal, I wrote this down, I'll read it to you. Your personal revelation of Jesus, the word of God, we all agree that he's the word. The word made flesh. Your personal revelation of Jesus, the word of God, is not truly revealed in you being close to him. Quotes, reading the Bible, owning a Bible, carrying a Bible to coffee with you, and showing other people that, yes, I'm a Christian, I have a Bible. It is not revealed in that. And it's not revealed in what you call him. Yeah, I I believe in the Lord. He's my teacher. He's my master. What you say out of your mouth. Your true revelation of Jesus, the word of God, and its power is only going to be truly revealed in your response to your storm. So what does that mean? You're going to need a storm to find out who the God you serve really is. Stop running from the storm and start running into it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, there's fire on that right now. That I didn't think about that. God gave that to me, baby. So I just feel like just soaking in that for a second. God, teach me how to run into every storm and stop hiding from him in Jesus' name. Come on, if you really hear what I'm saying, if you ask Holy Spirit to open your ears to hear what he's saying, and don't look at me, the vessel. Oh, but Jeff, you know, there's storms in your life that you haven't really conquered yet. Stop looking at the vessel and hear what the Spirit says to the church. He's saying it to me too. If we all hear this, then we'll start attacking storms, not hiding from them. Do you know that the world is so confused because all they do is get led around by storms of life? 
Oh, no, the economy's falling. Oh, no, this person's in leadership now. Oh, no, this person got voted in office. Storm, 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 storm. They need to see a body, a church, a bride of Christ that rises up and says, I don't care what the storm is doing. Peace, be still in Jesus' name. They need to see the authority of sons and daughters of God. That is what the earth is groaning for, the revelation of the sons of God. Say, I am a son of God. I believe it and I receive it. Holy Spirit, show me what I'm missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes we forget that Jesus has done what Jesus has done and what he said because we can hear and see a loud storm. But we need to remember the storm didn't affect Jesus. Jesus affected the storm. Just because a storm is really loud and really big doesn't mean it's going to take you out. It just means it's a loud and big storm. Do you realize that if we're all on the same team, the bigger the storm you defeat in your life, the greater shout of victory all those that are with you are going to have. If you only ever defeat really small devils that nobody ever knew about, how is the army going to come out of hiding? They needed a big Goliath to have a big shout to get their armor back on and say, we can do this. So why are we hiding from the big devils? It's because we still haven't conquered the small ones behind closed doors. It is time to conquer the lies of the enemy that are keeping you hiding in your bedroom, the lion and the bear, so you can come out and show your face to Goliath. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you something. David did not come to Goliath to defeat Goliath. He came to serve his brothers. But in the midst of doing something that seems like nobody wants to do in the church anymore, come and serve their brothers, that's why Goliath still has a voice. Because they came to a battlefield asking, when's my turn to have the microphone? When's my turn to be the pastor? When's my turn to be the leader? Instead of just coming to serve your brothers and finding out that your brothers were scared of the voice of Goliath and you said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? You got boldness not because you have a microphone. It's because you battled with something behind closed doors that nobody knew about, and now you have a shout that everyone's going to hear about. Who can you serve today that the enemy has you battling with? Who in your family today can you serve and humble yourself and believe in again and wash their feet Maybe you never washed feet before. That doesn't mean you got to pull out some stinky little toes and, you know, get a water and a basin and a, and, a, and a rag. It means get humble in your life that you lower yourself to your brethren and serve them instead of trying to have everybody serve you. Serve the brothers. And when it's your turn to fight with Goliath, if that turn ever comes up, then you'll have a shout that people need to hear. But if you're not even willing to serve your brothers, if you're fighting with your family of God that you're on the same team with and you're poking them and you're and you're prying with them and you're cutting them with the sword of the spirit instead of using it to defend them, then you are not qualified to fight Goliath because you still got a bear and a lion you need to take care of. 
You're too big to serve food to your brothers on the field, but you're not big enough to have a microphone. Well, guess what? That means you're going to have a really small shout, a really small voice with no power. The power is in humility and submission and getting your heart on the altar so when the fire comes, it will burn out every wicked thing. Lord, if there be anything in me that is wicked, search me out, O God. We got to see, this is David's prayer. Do you understand how this all ties together? This is the heart of David. Why do you think God called David a man after his own heart? Because he literally wanted nothing to do with demonic strongholds. He wanted to please God. And so because he wanted to please God, God put him a, a heart to serve his father, to serve his brothers. And because he did that faithfully, there was a, there was a battle that he was, only, he was the only one qualified to fight. But we cannot come in thinking that we're all that in a bag of chips just because we know of a sleeping Jesus that's in our boat and think we're going to stand on the stern of that boat and speak to a storm and it's going to listen to us. It is not going to listen to you because you're not even taking the sleeping Jesus in your boat and battling the storm that you're in currently. Why do you think you're going to save all your brothers from the storm they're in? you got to battle with the stuff that behind closed doors you're ashamed of. Get it in the light and stop letting the serpent go around in your garden and hide in the darkness and get you fighting each other when you're supposed to be fighting him. Let's fight. Let's fight. Not with each other. With the enemy. Let's fight. Are we together? Are we an army? Have you been enlisted? Do you have a sword? All right, we're going to get into that in a second. If you, don't under, if you don't understand, you do. Can I have ten more minutes? All right, the rest of you can leave if you don't want to stay. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I love you guys, by the way. That's why I'm saying this. You understand? I love myself. That's why I talk to, this, talk to myself about this stuff. Pastor Andrew and Pastor Rebecca love you. That's why they will talk to you about this stuff. That's why they talk to me about this stuff. And bless God, I need to submit even more in areas that I am currently not submitted. Do you understand? I am not up here, you're down here. We're on the same playing field right now, and we all need to submit more to what God's trying to do in this territory if we're going to see a David defeat a Goliath. Amen? Okay. Now I really want to shift real quickly into an encouragement because in this, sometimes what we don't understand is why the storm showed up. Can I quickly show this to you guys? In, if you guys want to turn there so you could see it too, Mark 4. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I am literally not trying to do <coughs> go long, but I, I just have to get this out. I have to get it out. I won't be obedient to the Lord if I don't get this whole thing out. Mark 4. <coughs> Mark 4. And if you read in verse 35, this is the same account. So it's on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on the pillow. Can we all agree that this is the exact same account that we read in Matthew? Okay, I want to show you something. Mark 4, verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? So this is right, this is, I don't know exactly how close this is, but it's right before the storm came. Are we all on the same page? I'm going to read this to you. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? 
How then will you understand all parables? Jesus is about to explain to his disciples, the one that were about to be in the boat with him, where they were about to go through the storm, and he is explaining the mysteries of the kingdom that he just shared to the multitudes with his closest friends. Are we all on the same page? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Jesus is breaking down each description of the parable he just gave to them and giving them understanding. Are we still on the same page? Verse 17, this is what I want to get to. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Why did the storm come and try to take out the boat that all the disciples and Jesus were in? Somebody speak to me. Why? For the word's sake. Sometimes you feel like the storm that you're going in right now that's about to kill you is because you did something wrong. I came to tell you, no, it's because you just got a fresh word from God, and the enemy does not want you to get the treasure that's on the other side of you crossing through the storm and getting to the shore where God's promise is going to be revealed. He wants to stop you early. He wants to get you in fear early. He wants you to leave your relationships early that God ordained for you to be in under leadership because he knows if you stay that the storm that you were afraid of yesterday is the storm you're going to speak to today and say, peace, be still. And you're going to save everybody in your boat. See, this is about legacy. It's about heritage. It's about sons and daughters of God, not just getting excited and jumping up and down on Sunday. It's about you being so confirmed in your spirit that the word of God is burning in me like a fire, and it's in my hand like a hammer. And if I will just get some sons and some daughters to believe that our God is God and he's an all-consuming fire, we win this thing in Jesus' name. Sometimes the enemy comes when you just heard the promise. And he comes to steal the word of the promise that you were already on a journey for. And he came and he lied to you and he said, you're going in the wrong direction. Turn around. He said, you're not supposed to be in this boat. Go find another one. But Jesus is sleeping in the stern. So he says, leave the word of God and go find your own way. Because, you know, it wasn't so hard until you really became an on-fire Christian. Don't you understand? Don't you understand that all the trouble came when you started getting serious with God? Well, is getting serious with God really being at a church that actually believes that Holy Spirit is still speaking today to the churches and he's baptizing people in fire and they're talking in tongues and they're healing the sick and they're raising the dead and they're actually believing that they can make disciples of all nations? No, maybe being an on-fire Christian is just really believing that sleeping word that you thought you had in your boat and just being led around by every storm that you got used to. lie the devil is the father of all lies and the only thing that defeats a lie is the truth and jesus is the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except by him amen 
So stop believing a lie that you need to turn around. You need to back down. You need to be more, you know, complacent. I don't like all those on-fire Christians that want to fight. Even though Ephesians 6 says I've been given armor of God, I don't want to fight. How many people do you know that are given armor that weren't expected to fight? We're going to get there in a second. Try to get there in five minutes. I want to quickly show this to you again because sometimes the enemy lies to you and that's what gets you defeated and we need to see the lie. I'm going to try and wrap this up in five minutes. I know this is a lot, but are you guys getting something right now? Is anybody feeling strength come into their heart right now? You might feel a little rebuked and everything. Hey, I do too, but at least we'll be rebuked and we'll be delivered instead of being lied to and staying in a prison in Jesus' name, okay? We need to get rebuked and then bam, like let's get out. All right. So the fight, the storm, it came for the word's sake. So if the enemy's lying to you and telling you, oh, you're going to die, the fight didn't even come because of you. It came because of the word of God that was spoken to you. Because remember what Jesus said, let us go to the other side. So Jesus told them where they were going, and because of that word, because of the word that was with them, Jesus, and the word that he spoke, the enemy came to bring it an illusion because the storm that you're in is an illusion. Do you understand that? It is something the enemy is trying to show you so you'll back up, so you'll quit, so you'll give up. But if you just see it for what it is, you'll stand up in power and speak to it, and it will subside. So, but I'm, I want you to get this clear. The battle came because of the word. It was because of the word's sake. So anybody ever felt like things got harder after you got a very, like, tangible prophetic word? Like, oh, you're, this is going to happen, and God said this, and then all of a sudden, a week later, you like, feel like devils are circling your room, and you feel like everybody is like, you just lost your job, and then all of a sudden, every relationship fell apart, and you're like, God, but you just said I was going to da 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 and why is all the da-da-da-da-da happening? For the word's sake, because he wanted you to back down. The enemy knows that if you'll believe the promise, you'll receive the promise, you'll get on fire because you believe that God is actually a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, and then you'll become a herald on the earth, and you'll get a megaphone, and you'll tell everybody about it, and you'll raise up sons, and you'll raise up daughters, and then the devil will lose, and he's fighting not you, he's fighting the word that is in you. So if you feel like there's a fight right now, it's because you got the word in you. So do you want to give up and let him steal the word, or do you want to fight for the word? Let's fight. Come on, baby. Let's fight. Let's fight. Amen? All right. Now, I want to point this out to you. After the Father recognized Jesus publicly the Holy, uh, by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, the Bible says. And Jesus went and prayed and fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, you can turn, if you want to see this, turn to Luke chapter 4. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to point something out to you. So Luke chapter 4, Satan tempts Jesus. Everybody familiar with the story? Okay, so I want to I show you when Satan showed up to Jesus. Is that cool? Because sometimes people go, oh, man, the devil just came. I must be in the wrong. I must be doing something wrong. I must have opened a door. I must have, you understand what I'm saying? We get all, like, freaked out, like, because a devil showed up. And I want to I show you when the devil showed up to Jesus. So after Jesus had been water baptized... Publicly affirmed by the Father that the Father was well pleased with him. Obedient to the Holy Spirit to be led into the wilderness. Alone seeking the will of the Father through prayer and fasting. At the end of that time period, on the 40th day, the devil showed up. 
and the devil comes and he confuses you and tells you why he's there and he says, oh, you open the door. Oh, it's because you're in sin. Now, if you're sinning willfully and you're inviting the enemy, that's a different story. But what I'm trying to show you right here is that the devil came and showed himself to Jesus when Jesus was on the last day of a commissioned prayer and fast in the wilderness to be tempted by him by Holy Spirit right before he was about to start ministry. So the enemy will come in sometimes not because you're doing everything wrong, but because you just started doing everything right. You just finally started obeying God, and you really started to commit your life, and you really started to pray, and you really started to fast, and you really started to worship and put your heart on the altar. And then all of a sudden, the devil came to tempt you to give up, to tempt you to throw in the towel, to tempt you to not fight him. And he tempted him with all those different things. I'm not going to get into that. But I, I want you guys to see when he came to Jesus. Did Jesus open a door to Satan? No. He submitted to the word of the Lord by Holy Spirit, got led into the wilderness. Then Satan came. So I want to show you something. How did Jesus respond to his time in the wilderness, to the enemy? He responded with the word. That was a great answer. Because that's what I was looking for. <laughs> Just tapped into the prof. Jesus, the word, in flesh, responded with the word. It is written to a word from Satan. And some of us are leaving the word asleep in the boat and not really using the word, speaking it to our storms, and going and leaving the boat and looking for a word somewhere else. The enemy came and tempted Jesus with a word. See, because it wasn't the word of God, though it was the word of God. Do you understand? It was perverted because his intention was to get Jesus to give up. Be careful who you're listening to that doesn't have an investment in your life. Be careful who you're listening to that doesn't have an investment in your life. If you don't have somebody that's standing with you, that's believing with you, that is, that is believing for you, that is, that is in love with you enough to bring a rebuke to you when you need it, and you won't receive the word from them, do not go and look for a word from somebody else. Because a word from somebody else, if you don't respond to the word from a father or a mother that actually loves you, is going to lead you off the path and get you to give up a destiny that God has already set is yours. Is this helping anybody right now to bring clarity to what's going on in your life? Okay. Now, I just thought this was really awesome. I, Jesus spoke to me about this because I looked at this in Luke 4, but this is also in Matthew and, and other accounts. But the Lord spoke to me this because it was awesome. What happened when G, after Jesus, all this stuff happened? The next verse after, at the end, says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. So the fight was that what Jesus was about to start, that he had already been commissioned for, that he'd been recognized publicly for, that he submitted 30 years of his life for without committing sin, came up to a moment when a storm showed up, Satan showed up with a word challenging the word, and he responded with the word that is in him and returned in power. Now, the reason why I thought this was cool, 
because it's Luke chapter 4, verse 14. My birthday is April 14th, 414. So I just got, I was like, oh, Jesus, thank you for this word today. The fight that you're in right now to step into the promise and the destiny that God has called you for is not because of you. It's because of the word that is in you that is trying to germinate and create seeds on the earth that reveal sonship and bring back lost daughters and lost sons out of captivity into the Father's house so that we can all live as a family of God, the bride of Christ. That's why the fight is so hard. So we need to understand that there's going to be a fight. Say, let's fight. You guys ready? All right. The final thing I want to I bring to you, and then we're going to close. I know this is going long, but I love you guys, so you're rebuked. <laughs> you're like, this is too long. I'm sorry. Uh, let me read this to you. Luke chapter 11, uh, verse, I'm just going to read verse 17 to 23. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against the house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub. The, the religious leaders of that day came to Jesus and started rebuking him, saying that he was casting out devils by the power of the devil. So this is Jesus' response. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted, and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Open up to Ephesians 6, so I can just show you guys this in the Word. Can we agree right now that a spirit of division is a strong man that is against the house of the church? So division's purpose is to come in, get you to agree with it, not so that you can be right and someone else can be wrong, but so that it can come and strip you of your armor, get you to fight with one another so the whole house can fall and then the devil can divide the spoils of the kingdom of God with the kingdom of darkness. He's coming to destroy the house of God, and his access point is you agreeing with division in your own mind instead of being crushed by the word of God and letting pride die and humility rise in Jesus' name. Now, if you don't understand that this fight is going on and that you have a part to play in the fight, you will get beaten up all day long and you'll think things like, oh my goodness, the devil's just against me, which he is. Oh my goodness, my leadership is against me, which they aren't. Oh my goodness, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. Well, if you're sinning, stop sinning, but you're not a sinner, you're a saint if you've been created a new creation in Christ Jesus. So stop agreeing with a lie that you're a sinner and start agreeing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus so you can actually be the son or be the daughter of God that you're called to be and go into your bedroom and pray to your father in secret and begin to destroy small devils so when a big devil comes out in the field and you destroy the bear and the lion, you finally have something to say. Peace, be still. And you go and cut the head off of that thing in Jesus' name. But before that all happens, make sure 
that you're not fighting with your brothers, you're serving your brothers. Let me read to you Ephesians 6 for those that you don't agree that I need to have armor because I'm in an army. Verse 10 in Ephesians 6, finally, my brethren, please somebody say with me, finally, my brethren. What is he saying? Finally, my brothers. He's speaking to us as brothers. He's serving his brothers. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Somebody say whole armor. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Can we all agree that the devil is going to come with some wiles? It says it in the word. So those of you that are saying, well, I don't believe in fighting with devils. The word of God is saying, so you can stand against the wiles of the devil. This is what you need to do. Are we in agreement? Are we in agreement? Are we in agreement? Are we in agreement? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Does wrestling sound like fighting? It does to me. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, therefore, somebody say therefore, since all this stuff is happening, this is what you need to do. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shot your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying Always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints or Jeff's version for all your brothers. In the kingdom, there's neither male nor female, so we're just going to go with brothers. Hallelujah. The brethren. Okay. So what's the armor of God for? To protect your brothers. David went out. To serve his brothers. And because he did the simple task of serving his brothers. He was at the right place at the right time to awaken army that had the authority, had the promise, and had the destiny. But it took a shepherd boy that was taking care of sheep in the backfield to destroy a lion, a lion and a bear that tried to take a lamb from him that God gave to him and said was his so that when he got to the field serving his brothers, he had something to say to the uncircumcised devil that was speaking to the armies of God. Notice that there's a lot of speaking going on. If the only word of God that you have inside of your belly is silence, I question if it's actually alive. Meaning, there's a participation that you have to play. And it's called, don't let Jesus sleep in your boat. Wake him up and let that thing speak out of your mouth. I'm not calling Jesus a thing, by the way. I'm saying, let what's in your belly come out of your mouth and speak and say something to the storm that's not there kill you it's there to kill the word that's in you so be confident in the lord knowing that if there's a fight it's because there's a treasure that the enemy wants 
which means that there's a treasure in earthen vessels that the enemy actually puts a higher value on than you do. Because the church is not fighting anymore. They're silent and they're apathetic, but not this house. Stand on your feet with me. It's time to fight again. Amen? Did anybody get something today? Come on, let's fight. Let's fight. You guys ready? We're not fighting each other. We're fighting the enemy. You guys, you, are you guys understanding the word of the Lord today? Is it clear? Now, we've already gone kind of long, so I'm, not, I'm just going to pray, and we're just going to, and we're going to release you guys, but I want to be, I want us to be on the same page here. We have to understand that if we're an army enlisted, actually, you know what, I want to, I want to read a scripture to you real quick. Oh, that's on my phone. <coughs> what is that? I'm going to read a scripture to you real quick. It's, uh, I believe it's 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, I believe. Let me open and make sure here. 2 Timothy chapter 2, yep, I'll just read from verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard, have you heard today? Are you hearing what the Spirit says to this church? Have you heard? Have you heard? Then be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So if you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now I'm a son, but I'm also a soldier. Say that with me. I'm a son or daughter, whatever. I'm a son, but I'm also a soldier. So I'm ready to fight. Holy Spirit, I ask you, baptize me in fire. Release a roar in my belly that awakens every dormant promise and every scripture that is a promise to my life. Awaken it this day and let your word be louder and stronger than every storm that I face in my life. I speak to every voice that tried to deceive me. I command deceiving tongues to be quiet, to be still. Get out of my mind. Get out of my soul. Get out of my emotions. Say, Father, forgive me. I repent for being in agreement with any lie from the enemy. For every sinful thought that I have agreed with against this church, against this leadership, against what you're doing, God. I repent, God, and I ask you, wash me in the blood. Cleanse me. Remove every lie from the pit of hell that is fighting me and trying to destroy me for the word of God that has been spoken to me as a seed in my belly. I speak death to every lie that is against me. I condemn every tongue that has risen against me in accusation. I am a son of God. I am righteous. I am holy, not because of my works, but because of the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ 
and the blood that he shed for my redemption. In Jesus' name, Father, I ask you, show me my duties as a soldier in the army of Almighty God. Thank you, God. I ask for strength, I ask for boldness, and I ask for humility. Rise it within me. In Jesus' name, I receive the word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just give Jesus a hand clap.